Hey, hello, 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 and welcome back to the Clark and Miller English Podcast. And if it's your first time, if you're a new listener, then welcome. Uh, it's good to have you here, whoever you are, however long you've been here. And yeah, have we got a have we got an interesting one for you today? And that's not a question; it's a rhetorical question. Have we got an interesting one for you today? Because the answer is yes. Um, today, uh, I'm chatting with Cara Leopold from LeoListening.com. Cara uh, is an expert in helping people get improve their listening skills in English, especially through watching films and movies, and really using the resource of, of television and film and movie to uh, improve uh, your listening skills. Um, you can't just sit down and watch movies and films and expect your listening skills to get better. No, you need strategies and 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 ways of dealing with it, and you know opportunities to talk about it afterwards. So this is very much Kara's thing, and it's kind of interesting. Um, listening is 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 hell, really, in a, in a second language. It's my least favorite thing. Um, I'm 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 learning Bulgarian at the moment, and and listening is just such a nightmare. And for a lot of people, listening is kind of the worst. Well, let's not say worst. Let's be a bit more positive. The most uh, challenging uh, of the skills when you're learning a new language. So, who better to talk to than Kara about these sorts of issues? Uh, today in this interview. We talk about how to improve your listening skills and enjoy movies in English. Um, we also talk about the differences between film English and the and real world English. Uh, we can talk. We talk about uh, how you can improve your English by list by talking about movies, not just watching films and movies, but discussing it afterwards. Um, talking about themes, talking about ideas, concepts, things you like, things you don't like. Um, but we also talked about what you can do before watching a film to get yourself ready for it. Um, we talked more generally as well about why listening is just so difficult because it is. It is so difficult. Um, why it can be a good idea to start a new language through listening and pronunciation instead of reading and writing, which is what we all, almost all of us, do. Um, a really interesting idea there. That was a good part of the conversation. And finally, um, making sense of the crazy world we live in through uh, films and having watch parties and being part of a community, um, and and not just you know talking about films and learning English and improving our listening, but also making sense of the world through this art film that we call cinema. Uh, we also do talk about how you can join Kara's watch parties and take part in all of this stuff. And finally, why you should watch Fargo is just such a good film and TV show. But we talk about that at the end of this. So, yeah, um, all of that, all about listening and cinema and making sense of the world and Fargo. So, yeah, uh, in the words of many Fargo characters, yeah. Let's let's just get going. Um, so, if you have any questions about anything from today, as usual, you can reach me. My email address is gabriel at clarkandmiller.com. I am looking forward to hearing from you. 
Meanwhile, here's Kara, and uh, let's get rolling. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But before we start, I just want to read an email from Carlos Domingos. Um, so last podcast episode was all about what you should read in English and different books you can read that will help you improve and that mainly that you won't get bored of and uh, at the end of the podcast episode I did ask um, you lovely listeners uh, if what your most uh, useful book for learning English was and yeah um, Carlos got in touch and Carlos says I'm reading the email now hi Gabriel good start uh, the most interesting book I read in English was The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and the other two books by Stieg Larsson, The Girl Who Played with Fire and The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. I like these three books because the storytelling captivates your attention all the time. It's fascinating. The British translation is perfect, in my opinion, of course, and I could learn a lot of new words. Carlos Vidor. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it Carlos Domingos or Carlos Vidor? Uh, the email address says Carlos Domingos. The email itself, Carlos Vidor. Either way, Carlos, thanks for writing in. And yeah, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I haven't actually read these books or seen them, but they're, they're very famous. I love the soundtracks uh, to these films. Um, and I'm guessing that we talked about different categories of books uh, in the last podcast episode. And one category of was books that um, are quite addictive and you have to keep reading, you know, the page turners. And from what I hear, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is, is one of those kinds of books, you know, books that you just start and you have to keep on reading to the end because you want to find out what happened. So, yeah, Carlos, thanks a lot. And the, take Carlos's advice. Um, I think it's, it sounds pretty good. If you want to read something interesting in English, try The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Anyway, uh, sorry for the interruption of my own int intro. I interrupted myself and I'm deeply apologetic to myself about that. Let's get started with Kara's interview. Here we go. For real, this time. Hi, Kara. How are you doing? Uh, I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I got that Monday energy, like doing all the things energy. Oh, right. I'm just like... Monday what what monday energy that exists oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's no, a I'm, thing <laughs> i'm great on mondays but oh tuesday evening wednesday afternoon oh i'm terrible because <laughs> mm, you've expended yourself too much on, yeah on, on monday, monday usually yeah yeah so i'm good how about you how if you had a good weekend have you had a good uh good um, recent couple of weeks not 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 too not too bad given um weird context at the at the mm -hmm. moment I was like rediscovering the area that I lived in we went on a walk to see um some like kind of Belle Epoque Art Nouveau architecture Ooh, there's cool. quite a lot of it well actually to be honest the nicest stuff is near where we live but mm -hmm. we went a bit further on Sunday went on a longer walk and saw some big big villas that were built at the turn of the 20th century that's cool and, uh, yeah they're quite the nice to look at yeah, the sort of free time activity you might not be doing if there wasn't any COVID. Exactly. Yeah, that's the way I like to look at it. I would not be rediscovering my local area. Um, so there you go. There's there you always go. a silver lining. A silver lining, a bright, a bright side of the coin, which isn't a real metaphor. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, good, 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 good. So uh, today we're going to talk about, um, I guess we're mostly going to talk about listening and listening skills, because that's your thing, right? This is your, your area of expertise. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So I'll, let's go for a classic, classic start. Uh, in your own words, tell us very briefly about you and what you do and your thing. Okay. All right. Um, so, well, you mentioned my name is Cara. Mm-hmm. My last name is Leopold. I have a website called Leo Listening. So that's mm-hmm. a little play on words with my name and what I teach. Um, and so I've been running that since 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in France. That's a detail worth mentioning. So I've been mm-hmm. here since 20. No, not even. It wasn't the 20s. It was 2007. It was the mm-hmm. previous decade. I moved here to teach English so learning French teaching English so the thing that many people do when they want to learn languages and live abroad mm-hmm. yeah um, and well Anna was really interested in teaching English so that helped as well yes and, it definitely uh, helps <laughs> it definitely helps if you, actually, if you actually want to do it and it's not like torture for you every day mm-hmm. going and teaching people I'm sure we've both met people who, who've ended up being teachers and they're just not built for it and, and they suffer so much. I, I think so, because it's hardly like the best pay or conditions. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's not working down a mine for 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. But um, it's not sort of a, it's a job that you would do out of vacation more than anything else, I think. Yeah if you really want to do it for a long time because you're not going to get rich and you might well get exploited. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) So I mean, um, you know, not to burst anyone's bubble. So yeah, if you're, I think you could do it in the short term if you didn't really want to do it, but you had to do it because for example, you relocated to a new country and you're, you know, finding your feet, but long-term you have to really know what you're, getting into and I uh I did and um well that I suppose that brings us back to what I was talking about is Mm -hmm. that you know um I do teach listening skills and I do that through movies and I'm really interested Mm -hmm. in helping people kind of in a similar situation to me so who have maybe moved abroad or for whatever reason they have to interact a lot with um native speakers of English which is obviously tricky um because they're not easy to understand um And that has actually um, made me really passionate about my job again, is Mm -hmm. kind of teaching on my own terms and doing my own thing and really helping the people um, that I want to help and who who like working with me and who like watching movies. So um, that definitely rekindled. Not that I ever like, well, I suppose I did actually, because I did transition out of teaching for a while because I was like, oh, financially, this isn't working because I'm working like 10 jobs and I'm still you know (laughs) I'm struggling you know so I did transition out of teaching for a bit and then I was like no I think if I do it you know if I set my own business and do it that way I think yeah I think that's the path I want to I want to go down so and I guess would you would you call yourself a a listening English listening skills specialist I suppose you could you could call me that yeah like Mm -hmm. um one of my subscribers once described me as an English listening skills coach I thought that was quite good mm-hmm. yeah I think they're not exclusive they're not mutually exclusive you could be a no a coach and an expert <laughs> I suppose 
Yeah, why and not? Fact, yeah, I suppose. Ideally, really, I suppose. Ideally, exactly. Yeah, I have a coach, <laughs> but I've got no expertise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want. Not... I don't want that coach. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I'll, okay. think I'll pick some someone else. Yeah, you could call me that if you want. I although um, there is mm-hmm. the movie aspect, but then it's hard to be like a movie. Movie yeah, mm. I yeah I did want to touch on this a little bit. Um, I'm just looking at my notes very quickly, but um, okay, yeah, this was a question reserved for later. But yes, this whole so you use movies in particular to help train people in, to improve their listening skills. Is that yeah, exactly that right? Well, also I would say for the joy of like watching the movie as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like it. I suppose it's like a sort of carrot and stick thing. Like um, we know that listening is a hard skill to develop, and it's probably the the weakest one for a lot of people. I know mm-hmm. that certainly when I was learning languages, it wasn't mm-hmm. um, my best skill, and it was something that like worried me quite a lot for a long time. I'm I'm totally experiencing this at the moment. Um I'm le- I'm learning Bulgarian and mm. uh, like and I remember this from my other my other second language learning Turkish like and it's the true for our students as well listening is a nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's Yeah. It could be the could we argue that it might be the most difficult skill because we we don't have any control over it you know we study a bunch we pick up new phrases we start to understand what we're reading we're feeling great and then you know we go out and we, someone just talks to you and it's just like blah, blah, blah. You, you don't understand yeah, it's really it's really demoralizing and actually mm. weirdly people's productive skills can sometimes be higher than their listening skills I mean I know people often talk about the opposite but I actually think you know you can say things but then if you talk to a native speaker and they respond to you too fast well What's the, point? the conversation the conversation <laughs> isn't going to go anywhere is it so you're, yeah. you're at, you know uh you're stuck yeah when I, fun. yeah absolutely yeah when when I was thinking about like this conversation and and what sort of things we could talk about it, I started really thinking like it's true there's so much focus on speaking which is obviously a very very important skill but you know we even when we ask someone if they know a language we ask them if they can speak it but we never really ask them if they can kind of understand it yeah, because anybody anybody could open a sort of uh, phrase book for tourists and start learning a few phrases and start parroting some basic, you know, phrases to say their name and say what age they are and where they live mm-hmm. and stuff like this. But they're not going to understand that that th- those same phrases when they're actually spoken at normal speed by a native speaker, they won't, mm. you know, yeah, they won't they won't have a clue. But actually, what's interesting is if you do work on your listening I think that can then feed back in to your speaking Mm. and help you with that more than just speak 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 I think it's also very helpful to spend a lot of time listening yes and I think people like I know from my own experience but also just from from my my students experiences that um people just focus so much on on speaking and I guess it's a comfort zone thing because you have control there yeah, you can measure it and, mm-hmm. yeah, ex- exactly. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you use, you use like, films as the kind of uh, sort of central focus of your, your sort of learning program, your listening program. Yeah, Is that right? 
kind of as, as the, the way it, well, it's kind of, it's kind of the um, incentive, if you like, or the motivating factor, because we know that nobody wants to work on the listing because it's scary and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing with movies is it makes it a little bit easier because people are like, yeah. oh, this is cool. I get to watch a movie if I do this. <laughs> so it's a bit yeah. less daunting. And there's kind of that, yeah, that's why I mentioned the carrot and the stick. There's the carrot at the end mm-hmm. in the form of, oh, cool, I get to watch a bit of a movie. So yeah. then you're more motivated. And I think motivation really trumps uh, everything. So yeah, yeah, motivation is, is really useful thing to take advantage of when you're learning something, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, because there are there are some big differences between like you know the English used in cinema and in the English used in the so-called real world, and I'm just wondering how you consolidate those. So because um, films and TV shows tend to be quite scripted and real world speaking is a bit more messy and, and you know, we've yeah. got full starts and ums and ahs and people talking over each other and unfinished sentences and weird, weird stuff going on that doesn't always appear in films. Which, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, it'd be, it'd be rare. I mean, sometimes it's deliberately added in films, but other than mm. that, yeah, it can give the impression that speech is a lot more sort of regular and predictable than it actually is but then I suppose that's this is a funny thing in a way because then Mm. training with films is actually harder in some ways than what you might experience in real life because Mm -hmm. all the things that you just mentioned which I sometimes see described as disfluency features which sounds weird doesn't it Mm -hmm. but actually they are a part of fluent speech like you can't speak without using fillers hesitations repetitions overlapping with that's a fantastic phrase. Dis, dis, yeah, just disfluency features. Yeah, I, I must have seen that in a, in a book. Mm. Actually, in a way, those things help you in a sense because you can filter them out or they give you sort of processing time. You know, in that stream of speech, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. will give you a little break because they're obviously thinking about what they want to say next. Yeah. And movies don't have this. And yeah, there's something strange about movies that makes them kind of yeah harder in a way than than in than in real life so it's true yeah that we do Mm. I don't know we we don't really worry about that too much in in some ways in 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 what we're doing because we're also kind Mm. of mining the movies for really interesting expressions and also cultural aspects cool that that you get access to yeah I'm quite curious about like how you know like uh a, a little curriculum or a little series of of um, sessions with you using your technique would look like to a student. I I don't know. I don't know if you don't want to give away too many secrets or anything. But um... <laughs> yeah, no, it's all top secret. I'm actually <laughs> later this week. I'm actually doing a, a workshop for teachers, a Q and A workshop, and so there people are literally asking me these sorts of questions. So it's really not trade secrets or, or cool. anything. I mean, I'm or in any, good company then. Yeah. Or um, anything like, like, like that. Well, I suppose it depends what we're doing. Cause sometimes I just use, um, I mean, for training listening skills, what I'm interested in using is very short mm-hmm. bits of speech. So mm-hmm. that could be something like just lines from a movie or famous quotes from movies. And that's mm-hmm. really making people aware and teaching them about how, words and sounds change in English when we speak fast so it's just making people aware of you know how sounds disappear or merge together Mm -hmm. just generally sound a bit different than what we're 
expecting. So for that, you don't need yeah. to watch a whole movie. But it helps if you're interested in movies because then you've got, you know, the motivation aspect. And yes. then um, when we're working on something bigger, like an entire movie, um, I suppose the main thing we do is like just take our time working on it. So where with my students, we have a, a, a movie club and we do it over four weeks, by which I mean we take one movie and we work on it for, for a full month. Uh-huh. Cool. So it's not like, you know, two hours we watch the movie and we're done. They actually engage with it mm. multiple times. Um, so it's in a way, it's a sort of intensive listening program. Uh, yeah, although we have elements of like listening and speaking, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it is the discussion of the movie. So that's a really important mm. element. Oh, um, so you're bringing in sort of... Um... Uh, other skills you know talking about topics talking about themes yeah exactly I mean I say that it's it's a program to work on you know listening speaking and pronunciation Mm -hmm. but it's also um you know yeah discussing the wider themes of the movie discussing culture it's Mm -hmm. immersion in English I suppose in a sense because um we are engaging with the whole with the whole film so Mm -hmm. yeah but I always make sure that for instance um, I, I suppose I divide it into different stages and I think this is important for anybody listening if they're working on something in English you've got to make it as easy as possible to understand it for yourself that was very badly worded you've got to make it as easy as possible for you to understand it as a non-native speaker of English because it's going to be hard <laughs> and kind of you can't just like plonk yourself in front of the movie and expect mm-hmm. to magically understand it all so yeah. that's what just, a lot of Mm-hmm. Sorry, for, sorry, I'm interrupting. Yeah, no, I was well, just that, on that point, a lot of people mm-hmm. do that and then they're upset and then, yeah, yeah and it's, it's just, <laughs> just frustrating. It's... But um, yeah, I think there's a lot you can do even before you start watching to make sure you've got a, more of a chance of understanding it. So mm-hmm. something we do with, our, with my students is I just get them to do things like watch the trailer or read a plot summary I mean, I warn them, like, you know, if you if you read a Wikipedia plot summary, then you'll get the whole plot of the movie and it might spoil it. But, you know, just spoil it. (laughs) It will spoil it because they are very, very detailed. You have to be a bit Mm. careful, but you can read shorter summaries online. You can watch the trailer. You can watch clips from the movie. You can read background stuff like reviews and things like this. Mm -hmm. Um, They love doing that. Like they love all the behind the scenes stuff. this is stuff you can do before watching a movie. So to you get can... yourself ready. Yeah. It gives you a sort of framework. Um, exactly. Or scaffolding. Even, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Or even to give yourself an idea and perhaps be like, you know what, actually this movie, I don't think it's the right one for me right now. Cause there's cool. some strange accents or in the trailer, they were really speaking too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way to have discernment before you watch something and, and decide if it's going to, you know, work out for you. So there's already a lot mm. of things you can do. That's beforehand. really cool. Yeah. Mm. So you can provide yourself a framework beforehand to yeah. make it sort of easier. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a question that's not related to movies in particular. And it's like sure. a meta question because you, you started mentioning things like um, uh, the way we speak 
is not how you kind of imagine it in the sort of learner's head. I know that's terrible paraphrasing of what you said. But, um, I, I like the big question is why is listening so difficult? What makes it so much more difficult than like reading, for example? Oh yeah, okay. Well, that that is a good question. Well, I think the well, one obvious point, if you're going to compare it to reading, is with reading, you can go backwards and forwards. Yeah. Okay, now, now you're going to say to me, you can do that by rewinding something mm. you're listening to. But that, then we're assuming that it's a podcast or a video or something or a movie. And obviously not all listening contexts are like that, because at some point you have to speak to actual people. Yeah, presumably. you can't rewind people. You can't rewind them and you can't add the subtitles or anything like this. Mm. So I think that doesn't help. And then also the expectations that we have from learning through written language, which is still an issue, I would say. Yeah. A a lot of us start learning a foreign language (laughs) kind of through reading and writing because everything's very focused on grammar and like having something written in the book to make it look like you're doing work. You know, like I think (laughs) schools schools want to send kids home with written, written work in English Mm-hmm. to make it and then it looks like they're doing something because if they were just all sat in a language classroom talking then obviously all that language it's not really recorded anywhere it just kind of disappears into the ether like you don't you don't um there's nothing tangible whereas like bits of paper and worksheets are tangible and you think okay mm-hmm. well it looks like they're doing something um so would you would you would you say that one of the reasons that listening so difficult is that we um when we're learning languages at school we don't really do it as much as we should because there's such a focus on the written. On the written. And, and it's never um, like, for instance, now looking back. So I, in, when I learned French, so I had a teacher who was quite keen on grammar, which was, you know, is useful. I learned to say a lot of, you know, useful things. Like if you learn how to use the conditional in French, you can suddenly say an awful lot more than you could before, for instance. Mm. Or when you learn the French subjunctive, you can suddenly express a whole bunch of things that you could not express before. So obviously it makes you more fluent. But then we didn't really learn the sort of correct pronunciation of these things or the fast pronunciation mm. So I think this is part of the problem as well. And I actually think that a lot of grammar problems could be solved if people were more aware of what fast speech sounds like. I don't know about Bulgarian, but I know that a lot of Russian speakers struggle with articles, right? Mm -hmm. Like ah and the. Yes. I just said those very clearly. But when we speak English, we don't tend to articulate the articles very clearly clearly we swallow swallow them up don't we exactly so i'm like well no Mm. wonder russian speakers they're already struggling because they don't have the same system in their language plus half the time they can't even hear them Mm -hmm. so of course people are going to struggle i mean unless they read a lot of english of english to compensate i suppose that's where you could compensate through reading because Mm. seeing the articles on the page is going to reinforce but then then you get uh, like classic, um, they're not really even problematic, but, you know, uh, a lot of people sort of speaking articles 
too clearly when they're when they're speaking because they know they're there and they're kind of marking the article. They're trying to they're trying to overcompensate, and exactly. then their English sounds off because yeah. the, the the rhythm is is wrong. Well, I've learned I've realized that now in French. So there's this mm-hmm. weird distinction. So people say, well, English is a a stress timed language, and a language mm-hmm. like French is syllable timed. Mm-hmm. So that would mean this is very theoretical. In French, every single word, including all the little words like articles and prepositions. So all these words that we gobble up in English and we don't pronounce clearly in French, in theory, they should be pronounced just as clearly as any other word. Mm. And yes, that's what but, being a syllable time language means, right? That's a loose yes. definition. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, mm-hmm. that does not happen. So in the language class, you will learn to articulate your articles really clearly in French, you know, Une table, le livre, <laughs> you know, like exaggerated. But of course, French people do not pronounce them that clearly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, honestly, they pronounce something that's kind of in between. Mm-hmm. Is it la or is it le? It's kind of a halfway house. When people speak fast, they are not articulating clearly enough to make it really obvious. So I realize now, looking back, I probably have some trouble with some articles because I just actually don't know what I'm even hearing. Mm-hmm. And that is in a so-called syllable time language. So it's right. like, mm, hang on a second. There's so much that people don't articulate as clearly as we're led to believe. So there's this disconnect between kind of the theoretical learning in the classroom and then what people actually then go on to hear. Yeah. So- yeah, totally. I mean, when I when I'm when I'm sort of focusing on listening with hmm. with with my students, like I think it's really helpful for them to forget thinking about them as separate words. I think that's a major, a major thing mm. because words are quite artificial. We've only been writing, you know, properly for a tiny fraction of mm. the amount of time we've been speaking. And we don't speak in words. We speak in like little, little chunks, chunks of sound. Yeah. 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 And I think for me, like, that's that's sometimes helpful to think about for some of my students when they're having trouble listening to things oh yeah for sh- for sure yeah. yeah yeah it is more helpful to ha- to think about because there's yeah there's 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 no there's very rarely like a discrete boundary between the the the, the, the words like there is on the page mm-hmm. and i think and that you have whole words disappear in 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 a in a spoken sentence oh yeah yeah exactly or they just mm. like they look so different a good one is a good example, actually, for actually, I've just used one cool. is uh, adverbs. So actually, mm-hmm. we use it a lot in conversation because it's kind of a discourse marker. Mm-hmm. And so it's important, you know, it comes up a lot in, in just casual speech. I'm not even talking about like a pre-prepared thing. We sprinkle it in everywhere. And that's the kind of word. If you say it carefully, it sounds like actually and mm-hmm. then in fast speech, it can sound like Ashley. Yeah. Schley, or even just Schley. I mean, it can, it's, there's a, like millions of different versions of that word, mm-hmm. right down to the, to something that just sounds like a bit of mess. A it bit doesn't of even, breath. yeah, just a bit of, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> this, yeah. this is, this is where, I, no, I mean, no wonder we struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think perhaps once, once people realize that, like, you know, because we, we've, I've only just noticed this sort of thing in the last few years. And I've been teaching for like 
what something ridiculous 15 years or something and you know we don't really notice these things and think about them very much if we're not language people um, if we're just mm. normal <laughs> normal people trying to, to learn a language so I think being aware of these things can make a huge difference to well I mean put it this way if I if I were to sort of take learning a new language seriously again mm. uh, I would really start with pronunciation and listening mm-hmm. kind of two different topics there because for pronunciation I think your goal when you're learning is to kind of articulate clearly and get down the main sounds, especially the ones that are different to your language. And then listening is trying to understand the messy native comprehension, the pronunciation rather of, you know, of the language. I think your goal when you're starting out is not to pronounce sort of Ashley instead of actually, (laughs) you know, right at the very beginning, but (laughs) that, that can come, that can come later. But yeah, I would definitely focus on, on on those areas whereas now for instance in French um I pretty much understand everything I hear like I might not understand the occasional word and I'll like ask someone oh what's that word but that's Mm. it whereas when I read French that's when I come across more language that I don't know oh interesting okay yeah yeah yeah. but I actually I don't I, I don't really like reading in French so I don't do it very often but I did start doing it again because I realized I was making some like grammar mistakes and things and I think that's because mm. I was reading and writing in French less. So. You, you, being French, you, being French, the language being French, um, you get to um, read uh, asterisks in the original language, that must be uh, really yes, cool. Yes, you, you could, yeah. I don't really um, read much in the way of... Uh, comics and stuff I probably probably should Uh, they're my go-to when I'm learning a language because they're just fun yeah anyway everyone everyone has their own thing with with reading and uh yeah so I wanted to ask you a couple of other things um you mentioned that you're running a movie club is this uh yeah yeah I touched on that because it's an easy way to explain kind of how I I teach movies and we Mm -hmm. yeah we discussed um yeah preparing yourself to watch a movie so so yeah what we do with the students is we well I mean we do literally prepare ourselves um (laughs) and I I also they can watch the movie however they want meaning that they can watch it um with subtitles without subtitles and they can watch whatever subtitle combination they're comfortable with so, for instance, if they want to watch it initially with subtitles in their language, that's fine. That's mm. their call. And then, then, I mean, usually they watch it more than once or they watch it in sections. Like, they mm. all have their different strategy for, um, for, for watching it. And, um, and yeah, and then, and then we get to the fun part, which is discussing it, the, the, uh, the movie um and sometimes we even um we even do a bit of live discussion while watching because we've been having watch parties cool recently yeah it's been really fun because given that like you you know cinemas are closed and socializing is a bit trickier it's Mm -hmm. really cool um to get together and watch a movie and then text each other about it it's very funny yes i mean in a way there's been some more effort to sort of form communities than there was before COVID, I think, in some in some ways, because, you know, because people are kind of being more conscious about 
doing things together now they they can't <laughs> so much if yeah I, weirdly yeah because i wouldn't have, mm-hmm. i wouldn't i don't think i would have really understood the concept before or like the the point of it and now that i've done it it's it's um it's it's, it's great i couldn't imagine not mm-hmm. doing it now so again that's, that's fantastic something. yeah and because this ties into um um sort of doing things together you mentioned um to me before that you know you find it's important for people to like watch movies together rather than alone and and things about like language communities and and things mm. like this and you, you did mention this is something you're getting into um more uh, these days is that yeah i think so mm. yeah because i was kind of i was trying to kind of figure out like what are we doing the movie club for and obviously there is a language improvement aspect um Mm -hmm. that's part of it but then part of it is also kind of making sense of of the world and all its craziness you know through art and well I suppose people have done this for the longest time with like well that's the whole point of book clubs I mean Mm -hmm if a book is good enough, you know, if, if, a, if a book evokes something in you and you enjoyed reading it, I think it's just normal that you then want to discuss it. And it's the same thing with movies. I mean, we see this online. There are tons of discussion forums for movies. If you want to discuss movies, I mean, there's people out there doing it. There are tons of, you know, places um, on the internet. So there's clearly a need within us to discuss what we've seen is not just pure entertainment or pure language mm-hmm. improvement. There's also, um, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's always fun to talk about a movie after you've seen it. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, even if just, well, fun. I mean, one of the questions I just asked, the first question I asked everyone was, did you like it? You know, what did you think of mm-hmm. it? I mean, they don't have to have an amazing, brilliant analysis of it. Just, you mm-hmm. know, was this your, were you into it or not? And you know, why talk to us yeah. about it. And it's, it's actually funny sometimes even when people don't like a movie they that actually gives them a lot to talk about weirdly yeah oh I think so <laughs> it's I don't, I don't know if this is a negative reflection on my personality but I do I do prefer moaning about films <laughs> to talking about good ones well I think it's easier to pinpoint why you didn't like it than why you did mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm in some but, in some weird way yeah but the process of talking about something you didn't like is something that you could like um <laughs> so um that could be really beneficial for language learning i guess oh yeah d- yeah mm. definitely that it forces you to use a p- particular kinds of language that you yeah you might not be using otherwise if you're just if it's just to lavish praise on the movie um, mm-hmm. so but yeah i just thought of something actually the fact mm-hmm. of like watching it and discussing it i mean that is also a form of language improvement in itself so discussing it is pleasurable in itself and then the fact of discussing it is also a form of language improvement so i mean everything feeds into mm-hmm. feeds into it you know one another kind of thing yeah um, that's great so how long have you been doing these uh like these these screenings these screening well the watch parties well actually so it's funny so we mentioned at the beginning like stuff that you're doing now that you maybe wouldn't have been doing if it weren't Mm -hmm. for covid gosh that's Mm -hmm. a mouthful (laughs) it's a good people people know what we're talking about so uh so after um the, the crisis hit last year it feels like it was like 
50 lifetimes ago or like a million oh, years ago like yeah. uh, mm. uh, it's only been not that long so not even after, a year really i know i know it got serious yeah so after that well i had already started experimenting with um kind of a smaller version of of the the, the movie club just where I got some people together for free and we watched a movie and we just discussed it. I mean, a very like mm. basic version. And then after COVID hit, I was like, okay, I want to do something more with this. So I want to make it into not just watching and discussing a movie, but also like a, a longer thing with language improvement and with a group and all this kind of thing. So I had this idea for it that I'd had even before. And after mm-hmm. COVID hit, I thought, well, let's just go for it because I don't know like <laughs> we're not going anywhere <laughs> yeah so. I just thought but in a, in a funny way like a sort of it's like crisis mm-hmm. is an opportunity and let's just let's just go mm-hmm. for it and I had no mm-hmm. idea how people would react or if people would want to or I don't know you, it, it was almost like it's just like there's so much uncertainty you may as well just go for it because you know why not really more than ever mm-hmm. like why not so yeah. Uh, yeah so we started last April mm-hmm. um so it's been through various iterations since then. And even during the lockdown as well, I was doing watch parties just for free with a small group. Mm-hmm. So we well, we were very ambitious at first because we watched like a full length film and then we were texting about it. But that was like, that was too much. And then we switched to watching short movies. Oh, cool. So, um, okay. yeah, we, basically there's a, well, there's a list on the website, Open Culture, of movies to stream for free. So that includes feature length ones, but then there's also a lot of short movies. So we, we were doing these like short weekly watch parties that were just like for free and for fun during the lockdown period. And we used the movies on that list because then like everybody could access them. That's great. Is this open culture? Is this the Yeah, way- it's op- open culture. Oh, I think it's all kinds of free. I think it's basically things that have... Um, oh, what's that rule? You know, after 70 years, the copyright yeah or so, you know I, mean, I, I you just can, call it the 70 year rule <laughs> the 70 year rule yeah I, yeah I like it so it's it's stuff that you can you know you can access it mm-hmm. legally oh cool um, it's not necessarily all old either there's mm-hmm. some recent stuff on there as well so yeah. creative creative commons stuff i guess stuff. yeah mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. or maybe that's more common as well for short movies to be available mm you know more more easily without you having to pay for them yeah it would yeah yeah, it does um so yeah we've been doing all kinds of iterations of um watch parties and it's something that we added to the movie club maybe uh around october time Mm -hmm. um and it's been really good fun cool i've got a couple of questions regarding that um, and something more general before I ask yeah. another question. Um, so how can how can people join your watch parties? Uh, well, I'm not, I haven't actually done any for free for a little while. I suppose the easiest mm. thing, if people are on my newsletter, if I if, if I started doing them again, then I would um, open it up. That leads me to my next question. My next question was where where exactly can we find you online? But oh, also, well, they, well, <laughs> that's going to answer the newsletter question too, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. All, all, all those questions answered. Yeah, that's the, that's the bit. Yeah, that's where I announce things like this. Okay, so um, that would be that would be leolistening.com, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah, with a dash. 
with a dash, yeah, just yes. to make it even more complicated. Yeah, it's all right. It's more more rewarding when 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 you're finally found. It's like aha, got there. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 challenge is find leolistening.com with or without a dash. Which one is it? Um, <laughs> um, cool. And and if if anyone joins your newsletter, they'll be able to find out about the watch parties when there are any. Yeah, if I'm if I'm organising any, for, I can, like the next ones I would have coming up. Um, oh, they're slightly exclusive for the, they're for people who've already bought a product, mm-hmm. and for people who buy the the product, I'm organising them every quarter. Mm-hmm. So I said I would do one in February. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, we choose a movie from um that's in in that um it's basically listening quotes from different movies so that that and then we just choose a movie from those oh from from the material you did during your training with them yeah exactly so people have already worked with quotes from those movies to Mm -hmm. kind of understand fast speech better so oh that's cool so then then they you get a chance to get it in more in context after you've done the course exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay cool um I got two more questions. They're small ones. Sure, go for it. I, I like to think they're fun. Um, what, three tips if for anyone who's just fed up with getting frustrated with their listening and like I am actually with my, <laughs> my Bulgarian. With your Bulgarian yeah. listening. Yeah, I yeah. haven't reached that point when it's just like, now I understand what people are trying to tell me. I still haven't reached that point. So for people trying to reach that point, do you have up to three tips up to three tips yeah well I don't I'm just I'm thinking about your situation Mm -hmm. um Gabriel because so is your issue but I'm wondering like what what kind of level do you have in Bulgarian oh god I've been trying to I've been experimenting with my learning approach so I've been reading a lot of Mike Lewis recently who's a strong advocate who was a strong advocate of um uh, of the lexical learning so I'm learning in a very Mm. sort of um a way I'm just picking up any sort of phrase that I consider useful or that I just come across, regardless of its level. So I've got a lot of very basic language skills, and I've also got lots of phrases that are kind of not quite all connected up together yet that would be considered quite advanced. So, But overall, I reckon I'm sort of early pre-intermediate. Okay, because maybe the problem for you at that level is that you just don't know enough Bulgarian as well. So mm. you might be, the problem for you could be that you're hearing things that you don't understand because you haven't like covered that grammar point yet or yes, you don't know that vocab. Mm-hmm. But when mm. you say that you're picking up phrases randomly, I mean, is that from reading or listening or a mixture? Yeah. Of- I, a mixture. So I've got an asterisk and I'm picking up lots of stuff from asterisk. Um, That's nice. Yeah, it's cool. I, I love Asterix. So I can never recommend Asterix enough <laughs> and Tintin for people who want to improve their reading. But um, I've also got, I have lessons and then, you know, I kind of just try and talk as much as I can and see how far I can go, but then also ask for phrases that are missing. Yeah. Very, exactly. yeah, very in, haphazard. To fill in the to fill in the, the gaps because yeah. I mean often I'm working with people who are actually quite far along with their English mm. learning and they're still but they're still frustrated because they can't understand movies or with native speakers it's not always easy so in a way we know that the problem isn't really language knowledge because they've already mm. done a lot of English you know it's not going to help them to go back 
and revisit grammar or learn more words because mm-hmm. that's not really the crux of the yes the, and that's yeah that's who I I'd like you to answer the question for that's because right, yeah. that's, that's for people listening my 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 vocabulary grammar issue is my own but uh yeah for it's, our your, it's your own your own issue but yeah no <laughs> but I think that's the that's the the difference so um I think mm. the the big thing that people can do that they're probably not doing that will at least give them kind of an idea of where they're going wrong or what the problem is is to get a bit of feedback on what they're doing so this is what we never Mm. really have when you just listen to stuff you know it it kind of literally goes in one ear and out the other and then of course it disappears Mm -hmm. so at some point you have to find a way to kind of figure out well what did I just miss or why do I still feel frustrated when I listen to English and I feel like I don't catch a lot of things like you have to figure out why that is so I really Mm. would encourage people to um, listen where possible with a text of some kind of transcript subtitles because then they can actually figure out where they're going wrong because if you read the text and you're like well I know these words maybe apart from a couple that are new Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well then we whereas I think for you in Bulgarian you might read a transcript or something and be like oh actually I'm a bit wobbly with you know yeah uh, I just you know I don't know whereas I think in English a lot of people are going to be like hey I know these words what's going on here so uh, (laughs) that's true isn't it like you know there's there's you can know plenty of words but when it comes out of somebody else's mouth it's very difficult to decode. Exactly, yeah, because yeah. you've you've probably been taught, as we all have, the kind of, you know, uh, everyone's going to pronounce all these words perfectly clearly, <laughs> and then obviously they don't. And then they don't. <laughs> yeah. Damn them, why? So, yeah, so one thing to have is a text, and that could be mm-hmm. subtitles, could be a podcast transcript, could be um, the script of a video on YouTube. We're lucky now with technology that this is quite, you know, um, easily available. So Mm. that's one thing you can do. And then you can start actually checking what you're doing. So then the next thing to do, well, I mean, you could just, you know, read the text after and see, do I know these words? What was going on? And Mm. then what I really like for people to do to to kind of diagnose their problems is to um, diagnose their problems, make it sound very medical. It's not a medical (laughs) issue, but... Uh, is to actually then for real like test yourself so the next time you're watching or listening to something and and there's a a bit that's tricky we'll try and write it out try and actually test yourself so and then if you've got your text you can compare fantastic yeah yeah because that's really until you do that you can't really know where where you're where you're going wrong. And I mean, the good thing about watching mm. a movie is that usually you can miss things, and you kind of it doesn't matter too much because often you'll you'll fill in the gaps with uh, the images and the context and the the body language and all this kind of thing. Yeah. But um, and I always say the threshold is kind of eighty percent. If you can get eighty percent of it language wise, then the rest you can kind of fill in with. Um, you know the visuals and all this yeah. kind of thing but still mm-hmm. yeah but still it's interesting to to test yourself and be like oh okay mm-hmm. um, that's interesting I know these words and they sounded weird uh, mm-hmm. in in that line of the movie and, and and now I can actually see that 
so then already you've got some you've actually got feedback on it which which you don't normally get and for those kinds of sections you just want to do something really short because sometimes I hear people like suggesting doing listening and writing transcription whatever you want to call it and they'll be like you know do a minute of English but I mean you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself trying to, trying to do that much um so the, the best thing to do is just mm-hmm. focus on a few seconds maybe five yeah. to ten seconds it can be really short like really you say short. because because we speak in these chunks in those few seconds you'll get a few chunks and then that that will kind of then you'll start to see oh, okay here's how they these chunks sound when they're fast mm-hmm. so yeah small small periods small small snippets of, Small uh, snippets. Of yeah, I'm not. I'm not asking you to like transcribe the whole film or anything crazy like that. Just occasionally, <laughs> when or when you get stuck, yeah. or when you think there's something interesting, or when you think you've missed something, mm-hmm. you can do that just to kind of test yourself yeah. and just see see where you're at, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's like recording yourself when it comes to pronunciation. You you can't know until you've checked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or until someone tells you. I mean, at least with speaking, mm. it's a bit easier for someone to tell you you just mm. said that wrong. Like, I mean, it's, it's whereas with, li- with listening, nobody nobody knows what's happening in your head. Yeah, yeah, so close, that's true. The, the closest mm. I can get is to actually see. Okay, it's not perfect, but at least you can kind of show me where where you're struggling um, and often it's my students transcriptions that force me then to kind of go into what we just listened to and maybe slow it down and analyze it and really be like ah okay this is why they heard something completely different because of xyz that happened to the word mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. very interesting for me because obviously kind of my problem is that I rarely mishear things because I'm not hearing through a learner's ears unfortunately it's hard for me to put myself in their yeah, place yeah. when I see their mistakes I can be like ah okay yeah 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 it's true isn't it it's just revealing the whole process well most of the process right there okay that's great so listening with texts and testing yourself by writing things out when you're not sure yes and just seeing cool. and just seeing what you missed and yeah. I think that'll working be pretty- from there and working from there, yeah, the hardest mm. thing is actually doing it because if you've got into the habit of like just watching things and you know, but it, it's not asking for much. It's really just yeah. like just ha- what you could write on a post-it note. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, pages and pages of, yeah. of transcription. And I think one of the main skills for learning a language is being able to change because you you have to keep changing what you're doing. Oh yeah, exactly. Several times during the whole process, because uh, otherwise it becomes ineffective. Exactly, because because it's natural to hit plateaus. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. part of getting off the plateau is switching up what yeah. what you're doing. Like I say, even now with French, sometimes I have to force myself to do reading and writing that I, which I used to do more of. Um, mm-hmm. When I was working in a French company, I don't really need to do that anymore, and I can see sometimes my language skills. Um, suffer because of it right yeah 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 you always have to at at, at every level there's always well it never ends really I mean yeah (laughs) it never ends no but I mean in a good way it's in a good way it's a never-ending journey exactly (laughs) yeah lots of landscapes yeah 
Uh, yeah, totally. Breaking habits is, is one of the key skills for language learning, definitely. And that's a good one to break. Yeah, try and write, your, write what you hear down. Um, that doesn't get recommended much, which is good that it yeah. is being recommended. I mean, it can, be, yeah. it can be a little bit dispiriting if you, like, mm. I think people, like, focus a lot on their gaps. So, like, if I'm going to do this, I should be able to write it down perfectly. But the thing is, if you're writing it all down perfectly, then you've, you've chosen something too easy or, uh, or you, you know, there's, you, a, there's a mismatch. <laughs> you want to have some gaps. Like, when I choose things for mm. my students, I know they're going to be challenging. And I know if, if they write it all mm. out perfectly, I should have chosen something harder. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, one more question, I guess. Um, Go for it. What's your favourite film? Oh, gosh, what's my favourite film? <laughs> uh... See, like, I, because I'm really into music and stuff, I cannot answer the question, what's your favourite band? But because I'm not such a film buff, film buff, 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 either of those? Is that a word? Um, because I'm not such a film fan, um, I find it quite easy to answer that question, but I'll ask it to you first. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I did at one point I made a course based on movies, you know, for so for teaching listening skills. And I just picked three movies that I liked. Mm-hmm. Because, I just, because I thought oh, you could agonize over it all day. I thought I'll just pick three that I like and then we'll go from there. So in that course, there was um, Super Bad which is a very silly comedy. Oh, that's like a high school. Yeah, it's like a high school comedy. Um, Mm. So there's that. Then the other movie was um, a Wes Anderson movie called Moonrise Kingdom. So Mm -hmm. I really like Wes Anderson's films and I particularly like that one. And then the third one was Fargo by the Coen brothers. That's such a good film. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's the movie from the 90s. And then now there's also a, the TV series based on kind of based on the movie, which I've seen a couple of seasons of. Mm-hmm. Did you watch movies. season three? I don't know. I think we definitely watched the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't think we watched season three. Three was amazing. Uh, I oh, think really? what, yeah, I think it's among my favorite television of all time. They, they nailed it in that third one. Oh, right. so okay. You, well, I have to, I have to, to catch up. To. So you, yeah. got a, you got a tip from me because we watched the one with Martin Freeman in it. I think that's season. that's the first one. I thought the first one, and then mm-hmm. was season two the one with Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah, or... I think that was the one that was set in the 70s. It's possible, yeah. It's been a little while since I... <laughs> okay, and then, yeah, season three, somehow we... we've we missed. It's the one with Ewan McGregor, if you're measuring oh, it by actors. Oh, no, I did see that. Well, yes, yeah, the parking lot king of Minnesota or something, or I don't know what... There was something to do with park it, a, a, a parking oh, lot God. empire. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was Ewan McGregor and the uh, the actress in it. I really like. I can't remember her name, but she's really mm-hmm. good. She was good. Um, I can't remember her name either. Okay. Yeah. But it was yeah. Okay. Cool. That one. That's the one. All right. So I have I have seen it. Tell a lie. Oh, I just forgot how go. good it was. It was um, really really good. <laughs> Well, there you go. So for cool. Fargo, you've got lots of options. You can watch the movie, mm-hmm. or you can watch the. Uh, tv series and you'll be good to to go but the main thing is to watch stuff that you like and Mm -hmm. not be swayed by others opinions yeah yeah and you have to be enjoying it to some extent 
Uh, yeah, otherwise you won't you won't stick with it. I mean, that's even yeah. more, even more true for things like TV series because then you really mm. need to show up every every week, <laughs> and the more addictive it is, the more you know, the more you'll keep coming back. But even for a film, you know, it's not easy sitting there for an hour and a half, two hours in a language that's not your own language. Yeah. So you you really have to be motivated. You know, you have to want it. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Foremost. Yeah. So. Cool. Great stuff. Well, I don't think I've got any more questions. Uh, you've covered everything very uh, concisely. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I was worried I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I think so. I've, those are all my questions. Have you got any questions for me at all? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. We just heard the bells going on your end. I feel mm. like that's a sign that we should wrap up. <laughs> it's the, the, like the school bell but the, okay. in a church. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. Um, well, in that case, it's been great to have you on. Really, thanks so much. Um, Thank you. Some golden advice here. I particularly like the phrase "disfluency features." That's my personal takeaway. I will have to have to. I'm sure that was like an official term in a, in a book that I read about about teaching listening skills. But um, I think it sums it up pretty well. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good phrase. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about how that can have meaning in other contexts as well now but yeah so yeah Cara thanks a lot um have a great day thank you thank you so much for having me and uh yeah I hope it helped yes great well have a have a have a good one then and see you in the future see you bye 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 Okay, that was it. Uh, If you have any thoughts about anything that we covered today with Cara, then just send me an email, gabriel at clarkandmiller.com. You can also reach Cara uh, at her website. It's with the hyphen, with a dash. It's leo-listening.com. leo-listening.com. Uh, yeah, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and I'm sure Kara is too. In the meantime, stay safe, stay happy, stay productive, and I will talk at you in two weeks. Ciao for now.